Well, Pastor Fenske last weekend got us off to, uh, to a great start with our sermon series for Advent. One thing he didn't tell you, though, and, and I'm kind of glad he didn't because it's embarrassing, but, but I'll tell you anyway, was, was how we uh, came up with the theme for the series. We actually had started talking about this way last spring. I said, let's do, a, let's do a series in Advent, and we had some ideas what we wanted to do. We came up with a, with a couple of uh, working titles. One was uh, Preparing for Christmas, and the other was Advent Admonitions. Well, fast forward to several weeks ago when our team was working to put the series together, and when we revisited the titles, we decided that yeah, Advent Admonitions was really trying too hard to be clever, and preparing for Christmas was yeah, pretty blah. So I began to throw around other ideas, none of which were really grabbing us, till, uh, you know, how that works, everybody's talking, all of a sudden somebody says, well, you know, Advent's about uh, preparation, how about Advent preppers? Wasn't my idea. In fact, I was against it. I didn't even write it up on the board. Because I didn't have a clue what a prepper was. So some of the uh, younger, better informed members of our pastoral team, and you know, that's just about everybody, they, they patiently explained it to me. When they were done, I, I still wasn't sold. Based on their description, here's what my idea of a prepper was. Or maybe this. All across America, people are preparing, going to staggering lengths to protect their families from their greatest fears. They are Doomsday Preppers. That was actually a TV, who know? <laughs> that was actually a TV series on Nat Geo Channel. How many of you watched it? Nobody else either. Okay, it was on for a few years actually. Well, a little, uh, little research has uh, uncovered a bunch of websites just for preppers. And of course, uh, they're all very happy to sell you survival products. And wouldn't you know, just in time for Christmas, even stocking stuffers. And then I realized there was a commercial that I hadn't paid any attention to, which I actually remember part of. It said, you may not be a prepper now, but you will be. Yeah, sure I will. Well, actually, I will. And actually, I am an Advent prepper. I've come around. It's a great title for a sermon series, and even more, it's a great description of us in this Advent season as we are preparing for the celebration of Christ's birthday. So how about it? Are you an Advent prepper? Well, let's find out, because you may not be a prepper now, but you will be. At least that's my prayer. We'll start with these verses from uh, this morning's epistle lesson. 
May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you to the glory of God. Last week, uh, Pastor Fenske told us that Advent preppers are awake. Next week, Pastor Bender is going to explain how it is that, that we are anchored. Today, let's consider what it means that Advent preppers are tolerant. Now, if you don't remember hearing that word in any of the Scripture lessons today, that's because it's not in there. But I chose to use it. We could have used a bunch of, of, of words, but, but chose to use that one. First of all, because it relates to all the readings in in one way or another, but also, and I would say mostly, because it's a word that gets thrown around a lot these days. Everyone wants to be tolerant. Nobody wants to be accused of being intolerant, which raises a question. What about God? Would we describe him as being tolerant? We'll come back to that in a bit. First, I'm going to make some some comments and observations uh, based on or or about our text today. Those are all in your your sermon outline. And you know now that's on a a separate page, so you can do whatever you want to with it during the service and then hopefully take it home after the service and and use that to review some points from the message as well as the the questions that are on on the back side of that. So the first point there in the sermon outline... When we use the word tolerant, we're doing that not in an effort to, uh, to fit in so that everybody thinks that we're relevant. It's not our goal to be politically correct. It is our goal, ultimately, though, to connect with other people. And that's not going to happen if they see us as being intolerant. Next point, that acceptance does not mean approval. To many people these days, that's exactly what it means. The two go hand in hand. If I accept you as a person, well, then then that means I have to approve of everything you do. On the other side of that, if I don't approve of everything you do, then, then it's obvious that I'm not accepting you as a person. That's the way the thinking goes. I'm not sure how we got to that or when we got to that. It's the main reason I chose the word tolerant to describe Advent preppers, because it's important that we maintain this distinction, like Paul does in the book of Romans. When I'm preparing a sermon, one of the things that I do is look at different translations of the text to see if, if maybe a word, an important word from the text is, is translated differently. And that happened this time. The ESV, which is the translation that we use most often, uh, in there Paul is, is quoted or translated as saying, welcome one another. In the NIV, it's an older translation, Actually, the word accept 
is used both ways to, uh, to translate the Greek word or find. There's slightly different nuances, but I like this. It fits in with what we're talking about. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Accept one another. Be, be tolerant of each other. Tolerant comes from the Latin word meaning to bear or endure. What St. Paul is getting at in the verse just before our text, listen to what he says. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with or, or to tolerate the failings of the weak. I'm going to leave that verse up there, but I'm going to go to the, to the next point in the, in the outline. Because to be tolerant also means to put our own feelings last. And, and see how Paul uh, deals with that. We who are strong have an obligation to tolerate the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves, but to put our own feelings last. And then he goes on, let each of us please his neighbor for his good, to build him up, for Christ did not please himself. So the definition of uh, tolerant is, is to, to bear or endure. We've listed a number of synonyms in your sermon outline. They're on the screen. Girls and boys, sometimes when you, when you take a test in school, maybe uh, the teacher will give you a list of words, and, and she or he will say, which one of these is not like the other? Well, let's ask that question about these. These are all Synonyms, dictionary.com lists all of these, there's others too, but lists all of these as synonyms of the word tolerant. Which one of those is not like the others? Permissive. It's a synonym, very different from the others. That's exactly how many people want to define the word tolerant. To them it means anything goes. And if that's what the word means, then I want nothing to do with it. On the other hand, I, I also want no part of, of being intolerant. And which one of those words would, would we like or think should describe Advent preppers? None of them. Being intolerant is not the answer to an incorrect understanding of what tolerant means. Paul helps us with this. He he kind of switches uh, uh, the way he's talking right now, but uh, he says that we should live in harmony with one another. I'm going to pick up on that word harmony. One of my favorite things about Christmas time, I know it's for for you as well, is, is the beautiful music from this time of year. Uh, just yesterday, our Connect Christmas Choir started practicing. Two weeks from today is the, is the big, and it is big, isn't it? Connect Christmas Service. I kind of snuck in to the choir. I, I walked in right behind my wife, and the, the director this year didn't tell me I, I couldn't do it. But she's kind of mean. Brenda here? Okay, she can't defend herself. She told us, next week we're going to have to learn to do parts, because she wants us to sing harmony. Why would that be? 
Why can't we just sing melody? That'd be easier. It's pretty much what I do anyway. Try to. Well, it's prettier, isn't it? I mean, if everybody sings the same melody, wonderful. But we miss out on, on so much that way. When, when, when there's different voices blending together in rich harmony, yeah, that's so beautiful. Now, an, an experienced, trained ear can, can actually hear the different parts. For the rest of us, what do we hear? We just hear beautiful music. That's what we're talking about. You know what else is, is good in a choir? If, uh, if somebody's a weak singer or maybe uh, hits a wrong note once in a while, it doesn't matter that much. It's not going to ruin the, the whole piece because the other members of the choir pick them up. That's what Paul is talking about. When the church lives together in harmony, we don't all say the same thing. We don't all do the same thing. But what we do and what we say blends together. And it's beautiful to behold. And, and it helps each other out, as well as giving such a great witness to the world. And, you know, this is uh, kind of where Advent preppers have something in common with Doomsday preppers. Doomsday preppers are an interesting bunch, they don't all look alike. They don't all sound alike. They don't all have the same values or occupations. They have one thing that binds them together. Their belief that some cataclysm is about to happen and they need to prepare for it. St. Paul reminds us what it is that, that binds Advent preppers together. Our faith in Jesus that prompts us to give praise to him. He says that twice in our text, pretty much one right after the other. First he says that together you may with one voice glorify God, and then right away he says, accept one another for the glory of God. Well, back to the question that we asked earlier on the screen. Is God tolerant? And the answer is absolutely. And look at all the ways And we could put more, I'm just using those same three synonyms for the word tolerant from before. God is forgiving. That's at the heart of it, isn't it? It's the heart of our faith. It's what Christ is all about. It's what Christmas is all about. God is forbearing. Got kind of a complicated meaning, actually, but really what it means is simply that God doesn't lash out at us in anger when we challenge him with our sin. Instead, he's patient. He calmly puts up with us instead of impatiently giving up on us. Now, this is important. Don't ever mistake God's tolerance for permissiveness. God is tolerant. He is not permissive. And if you, uh, if you doubt that, just think back to John the Baptist's message. First, a message of repentance. Repent of your sin. Don't ignore it. Don't excuse it. Don't deny it. 
admit it, and then work to leave it behind you. John saw some unrepentant sinners coming to him, and he called them a a brood of vipers. Not exactly politically correct, but it was correct. It was the truth, and God always speaks the truth. He is not permissive, but he is tolerant, and, and we're grateful for that. God's people also are tolerant, and we strive for that because we know that's how we connect with others. We also know that's one way that we give glory to God. Isn't that what Paul is really telling us then? Accept one another. That's at the heart of being tolerant. And as we confessed at the beginning of the service, at least, at least I did, I'm still working on that. Especially because to accept people Well, to be tolerant means to accept as children of our Heavenly Father those who are different from us and to welcome them regardless of their faith or their lifestyle. I know this sermon's been going on for a while, so maybe you, you zoned out a little bit and, and didn't hear really the radical statement that I just made, that we welcome them, we accept them regardless of their faith or the lack of it, or their lifestyle. Not just other Christians, but all people. Not just those whose actions or lifestyles are God-pleasing, but all people. We accept them and welcome them. But we don't approve of their incorrect beliefs, or their inappropriate behaviors. While we accept other people's faith, or we accept people of other faiths, let me say that correctly, while we accept people of other faiths, we don't approve of what they place their faith in. We stand firm on what the Bible says about Jesus being the only Savior and the only way to heaven. And while we accept people with different values and and lifestyles, We don't approve of their sinful conduct or of sin in any form. And I think this is getting to be more and more of a challenge for us because we want to accept, we start to approve, maybe even redefine what is and and is not a sin based on what our culture tells us instead of what God's Word tells us. There's been a huge shift in what our culture says. What God says hasn't changed at all. Well, that's all part of what it means to be tolerant. And being tolerant is all part of what it means to be an Advent prepper. You know, not everybody wants to be a doomsday prepper. And in the same way, maybe not everybody wants to be an Advent prepper. How about you? If you're not sure, that's okay. Give it some time and and thought, and prayer, and remember what they say. You may not be a prepper now, but you will be. Amen. I couldn't have said it any better, right? And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.